Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, Series 1, Episode 33, Planning for a Fly Fishing Trip to Somewhere That You Have Not Been Before. Thank you for downloading this one, and if you've been listening for a while, please give me some stars on iTunes. I don't really have a way of tracking. Well, I do have a way of tracking. I just don't do it. So the only feedback I get if someone's listening to these is by the popularity or comments in iTunes. So let's talk about um, how to plan a trip. This uh, may be common knowledge to you. If it is, uh, you can just skip to the next podcast. If it's not new to you, I hope this helps out. And if you have any tips, suggestions, or hints uh, that you've been using to plan a fly fishing trip, please share with us and I will spread the word. And I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm assuming that most of you sit behind a desk all day at work. I did that for several years. So if you do, that's the best time you have for planning a fly fishing trip, do it on someone else's dime. Use their high-speed internet, use their high-quality printers, their paper, their ink, and um, just, just do it at work. That's what I used to do when I was a desk jockey. The greatest asset you have for planning a fly fishing trip anywhere in the world is Google Maps. Hands down, that is your best asset. You can type in a location, scroll in, and get all the way down to almost eye level from an aerial satellite view. I can look at my parking lot and tell when, through Google Maps, those photographs were taken based on the car in the parking lot, my car, and the cars next to me. If it was my neighbors that are new versus old neighbors. Then you also have what's called street level. There's a little yellow guy on the top left corner of the scrolling in and out, drag that to the road you want. If it lights up blue, there has been a car that's been driven through there with a 360 degree camera 
and it has photographed everything. I can tell when Hazeltine Court was last photographed based on the bumper stickers on my car. I've gotten so close with Google Maps that I have been able to find put-in locations, empty lots on streets where nobody is going to yell at me in Florida if I choose a spot between two houses to go in and wade. You can get as precise as you want with Google Maps. Scroll in. You can print the maps. You've got a little printing icon on the actual maps. You have the print screen uh, system requirement button on your keyboard. You can tap that. That'll take a screenshot of your computer and then go and paste that into an editor of of photographs, maybe uh, Adobe, um, Fireworks, or Photoshop, or you can just print that into Microsoft Word and cut and trim and then print those off and you have tangible maps. I've got all these maps of the Salmon River, New York. I've got maps of the Florida Keys. I've got maps of Colorado, Seattle, Los Angeles, and pretty much any other place I've taken a trip recently, including Columbus and Cleveland, Ohio. And then I three-hole punch those and put them in clear sleeves in a three-ring binder, and I can take those on my next trip. Or if somebody says, hey, I'm going to go uh, you know, fish the Chagrin River, I'm like, send an email. I can send them all those maps if I've scanned them or if uh, they're saved on my computer. Google Maps is essential. If you go to my website, I've got a Google Map of all the places I suggest that you fish in the D.C. metro area, and I've expanded it to other locations that I've fished, mainly New York, Colorado, now Ohio, Washington State, some other places, Florida. And you can click on those little push pins on the map and get directions to those locations and drag the little yellow guy down and get a screenshot of exactly what it looks like and what to expect. You can use Google Maps to tell you if there's riffles, bends in the water, waterfalls, anything that a bird sees flying over, you can see, and that's a huge advantage. Is the river wide? Is the river narrow? Do you need to bring a switch rod with shooting heads? Or are you going to be able to get away with a seven and a half foot three weight? What kind of rod do you need based on your aerial surveillance while you're at work when you've got free time? What did people do at work before the internet? I know you could smoke and you were legally allowed to sexually harass people. So maybe people just smoked and slapped each other's butts. I don't know. But we got the internet now, which is a great thing. If you want to go further, you have Google Earth. Google Earth, I don't have on my computer. I have it installed as an app on my iPod Touch. And that allows you to scroll left and right and then double tap to get closer, double tap to get closer. You can search places near you. You can type in locations. If you get kind of dizzy and seasick, it's maybe not the best app for you because there's a lot of motion involved. Those are just two phenomenal ways that modern technology has allowed us to find fishing locations. I've been looking at locations on the South Platte River because tomorrow morning in 11 hours from now, I'm driving to Colorado for about two weeks. I already know the normal places I fish, the Blue River, the Colorado River, the South Platte River, but I've never fished the South Platte in Denver for carp. And Dave Maynard of Fish the Baja gave me a spot and he gave me a place to eat nearby. So I'm going to have to give him a shout out when I get there and give him thanks if it all pans out. Even just the thanks for him giving me a spot, which is awesome. Another thing which we all used before the internet was topo maps. You can get the Delorme topo map. It's about a foot and a half long by a foot wide. And you open it up and it has the topography and lay of the land. Google 
maps used to have terrain where you could click in and see blue water and white roads and different uh, landmarks and the little bars that indicate um, the ground terrain. If they're closer together, then that means it's steeper land. If the bars are farther apart, it means it's flat land or less close together, less inclined. And if you want to know all about that, I probably should have read you the quote from Bill Bryson's Short History of Nearly Everything. Great book. I'll probably listen to it in the car again tomorrow. Okay. Topo maps. So they give you all the intersections you need to find and you can highlight them. And if you take them in a fly shop or if you buy it at a fly shop, absolutely ask for information. Mike Heck of Falling Springs, he was on the most recent podcast from Somerset, was giving a talk at the local Orvis store. So I went in with my topo map at PA and he took out a pencil and a highlighter and he just drew a bunch of spots for me to try places that I'd never thought I would fish before. I haven't fished them yet because I don't really get up to PA anymore, but I eventually will and I've got them. The maps don't really change. They'll get updated as new roads are put in and you can open up the first couple of pages. It tells you the boat ramps, uh, different types of fishing, uh, catch and release, blue ribbon. It'll tell you wineries, restaurants, railroad crossings, campsites, state land, national parks. Everything you need for a good fishing trip is in that Delorme topo map. Get them at your gas station. I prefer the Wawa or the Sheets because they've got the best sandwiches. They're about $16. Moving on to books are another great asset. You've got the no-nonsense guidebooks. There's one for every state or region. We have the ones written by Bo Beasley for Fly Fishing Virginia and Fly Fishing the Mid-Atlantic. And you open those up and they've got hatch charts and flies to use and where to put in and what to expect. They give you places for your spouse or kids to go antiquing or uh, shopping or things to occupy them if they're not into fishing with you. Very high quality color photographs. There's maps in them, up-to-date guides, lodges, and information in the back. So get a hold of those. And if you buy them from the author, have them sign it for you. Maybe you'll get a little bit of extra information from them. Another set of books are the Trout Unlimited ones. I have Fly Fishing the Pennsylvania Limestone Streams by... One of the small TU chapters in South Central Pennsylvania. It's black and white. I found it in the back shelves when I worked at Orvis in the 90s. And I picked it up for about $12. It's black and white pictures, black and white maps, but it's good. It's got maps of famous rivers. It's got seasons, information, hatch charts, everything you need to plan a trip there. My Trout Unlimited chapter, the Northern Virginia one, NVATU.org. Used to print off a map of our favorite local streams in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. And it was just photocopied. It was like four four or five bucks. The money went to the club. And we used to keep it on hand at Orvis. And one of the companies I worked for, I printed off like 40 copies and stapled them. and just hand them out to people in the shop. So books are an asset. You can go in any fly shop. They're going to have local, regional books. So when you get there, you might find Schweibert's books or uh, if you go to Maryland or Virginia, you're going to find Larry Coburn's books. Or if you go to New York, you're going to find Salmon River books by local guides or Michigan, Matt Supinski. Or if you're going to fish the tailwaters of Colorado, you got Pat Dorsey's books. So you got regional anglers that are writing regional books and you can either pick those up online. If you do that, go to half.com. I just picked up fly fishing for carp for like two or three bucks and it's through eBay, so if you have an eBay login, it works. Amazon.com has everything. 
So just go and find them. You can usually find old library books. All my David Attenborough hardbacks were once library books that just they didn't have room for, and I got them for 2 or $3, and hardcover retail price is like 30 The next up in your guide to planning for a trip is a message board. So I recently went to Ohio, and I didn't know where to go, so I went to Zach Matthews' itinerant angler website. He runs a message board, and it's a great board, kind of one of the better, if not the best, because everyone uses their real names. There's no hiding behind a pseudonym. There's no trolls. You can't get away with busting someone's chops on that board. So it's all honest, nice people. And I wrote, hey, I'm going to Ohio. I want to do some steelhead. Where should I go? I got all sorts of information. People that didn't want to share it with everyone else sent me private messages. And um, luckily for me, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm going down on the mate in uh, May, going to Canberra, Australia. Watch out for the drop bears. If you don't know what a drop bear is, go look it up. So I'm going to Australia for the month of May with my wife, who's got a business trip. So I'll have the baby in a stroller and a Bjorn or a backpack. And I got no idea what to expect down there. So when I get back from Colorado, I'm going to start doing the research. I'm going to throw out my information that I want to get. So I want to know local guides, local fly shops. Because you always want to go to a local fly shop and just look around and buy some stuff. You want to get hats and t-shirts. Uh, I'm going to say, where do I go? You know What to expect? And hopefully somebody will get back to me or somebody that knows somebody. It's just a wealth of information that people are going to share. You can also go to the title, Potomac Fly Rotters, tpfr.org. People, you know, this week was Fort Lauderdale, uh, like Turks and Caicos, jeez, uh, like Miami. So, you know, D.C.'s got a lot of people that do a lot of traveling. So there's so many people that can chime in and tell you exactly where to go and what to expect and hook you up with guides. And if they don't want to share it on the board, they'll send you a personal email. Last but not least, another good online forum is Stripers Online. Good regional forum for the Northeast Mid-Atlantic, but you've also got hunting and non-fly fishing forums on there. Somebody out there could probably answer your question. Since I'm not behind a desk all day, I don't have the time or luxury to surf message boards, but those are the three that I frequent and will chime in when I can. Also, LinkedIn. If you're on any of the LinkedIn forums, fly rotters uh, in business, fly fishing, there's the fly tires, there's warm water fishing. So there's a lot of, on LinkedIn that you can join and, and ask questions. Local guides, shoot them an email. I went with my friend to South Africa and Namibia in college for a, about a month, and I had no idea what to expect. And this was back in 97, pretty primitive internet, not a whole lot of websites. And 
through basic research, I found a guide in South Africa outside Cape Town, and we were supposed to hook up and go out and do some trout fishing. By the time I got there, I emailed him or called him from the hotel, and turns out the place to get the permits had closed for the night, and we just couldn't get the permits to go into the park and fish. But he gave me some other spots, some reservoirs and lakes that I went and fished, and I didn't really catch anything down there, but it was beautiful with all the protea in blossom, and I saw some you know four-foot-long catfish that would eat olive bread off the surface, and I had broken my eight-weight rod fishing one of those reservoirs, so by the time I got to that little creek with all the four and five foot long catfish and these things were huge their mouths were big enough you could put a frisbee in them and i had a five weight seven foot five weight with me so that just wasn't going to work so i I plan on going back to the medique river and getting my revenge so he helped me out Uh, there's guides the orvis shops are going to help you out you can email the shops and set up a rapport that hey i'm going to be in the area can you share some information? Where do I go? That's their job. And ideally, they want to bring you into the shop so you, they can sell you some merchandise, draw some maps. You learned this from my last podcast about fly fishing in Ohio. I went to Mad Rivers and I went to Chagrin River Outfitters. Those guys gave me information and they put me on fish. So the local fly shops, once you get in there, talk to the employees, pick their brains. Fly fishing is their thing. They're going to get you know, a total... Uh, Woody from you talking fly fishing. Just don't like bore them. Just try and keep it fly fishing related that you're gung ho. You want to go out. It's a DIY trip. What to expect. Draw some maps. I'll be doing that. I'm going to try and go to Trouts in Denver, Charlie's Fly Box, maybe Blue Quill Angler while I'm in Denver. And then, of course, I've got Breck Outfitters, Mountain Angler, and Cutthroat out in Summit County that I usually visit. Fly Shop Customers. If someone's looking at a pair of Sims waders or waving a rod, just ask a question. Hey, where are you going to be using that uh, you know, that, that one-way rod? Or where do you need that big reel for? Are you going tarpon fishing? And start a conversation. Maybe they've got a local honey hole. When you go to a fly shop, they're going to have the five streams on the bulletin board or the chalkboard on the back. They're going to send you to here. It's Big Honey Creek, Mossy Creek, the Shenandoah River, Potomac River, Chesapeake Bay. We only send people to a couple spots because we don't want our favorite streams getting crowded. There's tons of other places to fish around here. So maybe, you know, that fly shop employee or that customer might share with you a little honey hole that they're not going to give up to just anybody. So be nice to them and see what happens in return. Local fishing clubs, you've got all your Trout Unlimiteds. You can go on their websites, find out if they're having meetings. Show up at the meeting. They're usually free, especially if they have a guest talker. You can find out information about local streams. Around here, we've got uh, Trout Unlimited of like D.C. We've got the one of Northern Virginia. We've got uh, Coastal Conservation Association, Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders, Chesapeake Women's Anglers, Potomac River Smallmouth Club, and there's got to be a couple more that I can't think of. Everyone's got websites. They've got message boards. We also have Pacemaker Fishing, which is run by Ernie great site it's not a whole lot of fly fishing related but you can go on there and find out where the hot water's coming out in the winter or what's biting in the spring and summer and fall plethora of information that's what using the internet is for hotel concierges when you get to your hotel ask them when i was in la i went up to the hotel concierge and said hey i want to do some fly fishing here and she didn't really know what i was talking about she didn't, couldn't send me to a location she didn't really know guides or outfitters there's not a whole lot of guides and outfitters in LA. But this woman behind us overheard us talking and said, hey, my husband goes up to Leo Carrillo State Park. Why don't you go there? 
And she wrote the name down for me. And sure enough, I hooked into two fish in like five casts when I was there. And they broke me off and threw the hooks. But it was awesome. It was, I wouldn't have found that spot if it wasn't for her. I have a slight rapport, I want to say, with the local Ritz-Carlton's that I'll go in and give them my card and check in with them. I was just at the one at Pentagon Row a couple weeks ago and gave them my card and said, hey, I can go pick up your clients, have them on the water within five or ten miles, have them back in five minutes if they need to get back to the hotel. I'll provide everything. They just need to get a license. I can pick them up here. So if somebody comes into the, the local hotels and they ask the concierge for fly fishing advice, they can send them to me. At least that's the plan. Online hatch charts. Let's talk about that. What's hatching? What's available to the fish and when? So you can plan ahead. Do you need to know when to bring drakes or caddis hatches or San Juan worms or eggs? You can go to Whitakers.com in September, October, November and find out what the steelhead are biting on. Every website that a fly shop has should have an up-to-date hatch chart. Those are going to be integral for them because it shows that they're up to date with what's going on in the streams and they're willing to share that information with you. Online tide charts. On my iPod Touch, I have the tide app. I can get one there and it tells me the date, the incoming tide, the outgoing tides for twice a day. It tells me how much it's going to fall or drop and it gets local ports. They've got like Angola, Zaire, uh, Zimbabwe, Cameroon, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina, Galapagos Islands, Easter Island, Guam. I, I was looking at the ones for Oahu and Waikiki Beach when I was there in Honolulu. There's ones for, I mean, you name it, it's on the coast. There's a tide chart that's going to help you out. Online, I've got uh, links to the online tide chart that I use. It's on flyfishingconsultant.blogspot.com for series... One, episode 33, planning a fly fishing trip. It's also on my links page at robsnowwhite.com. So online hash charts are up to date. What about online fishing reports? Fishhound.com is the number one place to go to for online update information, real time by guides all over the country. It's something I'm probably going to have to jump on soon just to share what we're catching them on and when. They're proud sponsors of the Fish Stick Podcast. Hopefully you listen to that. I was a guest on there not too long ago. The Orvis website has got phenomenal up-to-date information. I was on there today checking out Colorado. They've got a thermometer. It tells you if the fishing's fair, poor, good, or excellent, or if it's red hot. And it goes up the thermometer in the color red based on how good it is. It gives you the local fly shops. It's got the USGS uh, water data levels that tells you how much water is flowing through there and what flies and what size you need. And then you click on the link of the fly and it shows you a picture like Craven's Juju bait us today. I clicked on that and was like, that's what I need to be tying for Colorado this week. Use those online fishing reports. I know Dan here in Clarendon updates the tidal Potomac one regularly. They always have regional articles. It depends on where you're going. If you don't know if you're going to go to the Yampa river or there was a recent one, that I really enjoyed from, I think, American Angler about fishing in western Washington for smallmouth and steelhead. You know, Hold on to that. If it's someplace you plan on going, hold on to it. If not, maybe you can find it down the road on online archives or throw it on the message boards. Maybe someone's going to come through with that article. I once, and they're going to give you articles about the Seychelles and fishing for Dorado in the Peruvian Andes and 
bonefishing in Key Largo, all over the place. There's always going to be one or two destination articles in each magazine. There are plenty more magazines out there, but those are the ones I read, and I suggest you get those also. The Chamber of Commerce or Small Business Association. I'm a member of the local Small Business Association for Alexandria. You walk in there, my business cards are on the rack with all the other local small businesses. Hopefully, they've got links on their websites. Chamber of Commerce also, it's their job to share local small businesses, which hopefully local guides and outfitters are a part of. You've got Facebook. If you go and like guides, outfitters, and shops, you can get up-to-date information from them, or you can just hit them up directly with a message and ask them what's going on, how's the fishing, or just say, hey, I'm going to Colorado tomorrow. How's the fishing? And one of your friends on Facebook might tell you, oh, you know, the Dream Stream sucks right now. The water's at 40 CFS, so don't bother going there. The winds are howling at 60 miles an hour. It's like 10 degrees. So if that happens, I'm going to go somewhere else for the day. Unless they're yanking my chain, the fishing's Richter off the scale there, and they just don't want to share it. But hopefully my friends aren't like that. Twitter, this microphone, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB. How did I get this? I went on Twitter and said, need a new podcasting microphone with hashtag in front of podcasting and microphone. And sure enough, somebody out there was just searching those words and came across my query and answered it. And I've got this awesome microphone. I said on a recent chat, a chat on Twitter is when people use that hashtag. So Tuesday night is fish chat. Thursday night is angling chat. And on Tuesday night, I said, hey, going to Denver in two weeks, want to fish the South Platte for hashtag carp. Hashtag fish chat. And Dave Maynard, who lives in Denver, he's got the fly fishing show on NBC Sports, said, hey, go to the South Platte River at the I-70 bridge and go to the Fuel Cafe afterwards for lunch. Well, there you go. I know exactly where I'm fishing on Sunday before I pick my wife and the baby lady up at the airport. That's all you have to do. Hopefully you're on Twitter. You can follow me at Rob Snow White. I've already mentioned the blog. I've already mentioned Facebook. I've already mentioned my website. So hopefully you can follow me on social media. You've obviously already downloaded this. The next podcast is going to be where to eat while fly fishing. It will be probably recorded either in Colorado or when I get back, I'm going to send this over to Jason. Now he's going to polish this up, make sure there are no errors. This is actually the second time we've had to record this. Something happened the first time. Jason, you can cut that part out if you want. It was all my end anyway. Jason, take it away. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com.